Amazon continues their search to build their $5 billion second headquarters facility, a business venture that brings tons of excitement within the Indianapolis community. Back in January of this year, Amazon announced that Indianapolis was one of 20 cities carrying the potential to host the massive e-commerce and tech headquarters. So what does this city need to change in order to make Amazon a home? On this episode, we're going to explore three improvements Indy can make to claim Amazon's second headquarters. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside my pal, Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Phil Powell. And real quick, Phil, before we jump into today's topic, I want to say congrats to you and a huge thank you to our listeners because this past weekend, the ROI podcast hit a major milestone. We are officially over the 10,000 download mark since this podcast first aired back in April of 2017. This is a phenomenal achievement, Matt. And you know, I'm so glad that Kelly School made the decision to come into this space. We have a lot of things to say, a lot of things to share, our faculty, our members of the community. And this has just been a great way to to draw ourselves closer to the Indianapolis region and to the larger business community nationwide and globally. And what a fun way, too, for even faculty and those doing research and at the cutting edge of finding what's changing and morphing to be able to give a platform for their work to be to be viewed and to be digested. You know, by and to make that knowledge applicable in a way that somebody can go into their workplace after listening to this and apply it. And, and again, this, this would not be possible if you are, without you, our listeners. So just from the bottom of our hearts, you know, we just want to say thank you. And as this show grows, we would love your feedback. So head to our podcast on iTunes and, and leave a review. Rate our show, tell us what you enjoy, or leave a topic of interest you want us to explore. Because at the end of the day, it's really about you, our audience. Okay, Phil, as we know, there's a lot of anticipation for major cities in the U.S. wondering where Amazon will call its second home. Among cities like Denver, Chicago, New York, and Atlanta, we actually find Indianapolis has made the shortlist of finalists, so to speak. Though it may be a surprise to many around the country, as we know, Indianapolis offers some great amenities to a company like Amazon. We have a central location that allows quick access to major markets of Chicago, Detroit, Columbus, St. Louis and Nashville. We have a major airport that's close to downtown and houses the second largest FedEx hub in the country outside of Memphis. And my gosh, our tech industry has experienced major growth. It's been our biggest driver of new jobs in the region. And this has been largely attributed to to big innovators like Salesforce, Angie's Lists, and Genesis, formerly known as Interactive Intelligence. So we find that Indiana has a potential already But with these other great cities in the running, there's other improvements we can make. Yeah, and that raises the question, what do we need to do as a city to acquire Amazon HQ2? Well, we sat down with one of our own faculty members, John Snell, who carries over 37 years of teaching experience here at the Kelly School of Business and is the owner and president of Snell Real Estate Evaluation Company, a commercial real estate consulting, appraisal, and brokerage firm. He analyzed commercial real estate and helped us make sense of some of these numbers that could hold the key to make this city beat the rest. So the first improvement Indianapolis needs to make, according to John, is we need to increase the number of rental properties downtown. According to the U.S. Census between 2011 and 2016, Indianapolis has seen the demand for rental housing surpass the demand of those looking just to buy a home. In fact, since 2011, as renter-occupied housing here in Indy increased over 1%, 
owner-occupied housing went the other direction, shrinking by the same amount. So we're seeing a trend that's not just here, but it's actually across many Midwest cities like Toledo and Cleveland. People would rather rent than buy inside city limits. The millennials have by far to a greater extent selected rental versus owner occupancy. So we have a far lower supply of, uh, of homes, uh, single family on the market, and that's changed the urban setting as well. I can live downtown, work downtown, you know, I can maybe not even have a car if I choose not to now in this city, and you can stay in that environment. So those are huge, huge changes to real estate. And Matt, there are a number of reasons why we're seeing the millennial generation prefer renting versus purchasing a home. One is that this generation carries the largest amount of student debt ever. According to the Federal Reserve, at the end of the first quarter of this year, there was $1.4 trillion in outstanding student loans. It's hard to add $150,000 mortgage on top of a $40,000, even $100,000 student loan. The economic burden is huge. Yet, this doesn't fully explain the movement toward renting. According to an article posted in the City Journal, the demand to live downtown is rising globally and the technology industry is a major contributing factor. The author of that article, Mario Polese, says that well-paying jobs are making their way back into the city. So mix that into the social scene, and Mario says people want to be able to walk across the street to get a coffee or sandwich at midnight or a beer around noon at the pub next door. The whole concept of commuting, millennials don't want to waste their time doing that. They want to live their life. So it's the access to these amenities and the access to the job that's driving the demand for downtown living. Yeah, and that leads us to the second thing Indianapolis can do to claim Amazon's second headquarters. Indy needs to increase the lifestyle services that are available to its downtown residents. So as tech looks at, at the kind of space that they want and and uh, you know the kind of space they want to be housed in, the market has had to completely change You know what they offer, uh, what they provide. And then as those new users come in, they tend to be more progressive. They tend to be younger. Uh, and uh, they have a different lifestyle. They're very much more likely to live urban. Uh, so it, it's amazing what the domino effect can look like from just a, like the seat of your question, right? How much does that change? It changes everything. I'd love to go back to your point, Phil. It seems as though people who come downtown, they want access to variety. I mean, just working downtown, how valuable is it for you to have 30 different restaurants and maybe a mile or two from this office? Well, it's wonderful. I mean, our downtown in Indianapolis, like in many other cities in the United States, has really come of age. The urban core is alive again. And the fact that you don't have to drive or that you can park and get, get a great choice of diversity of activity, but also walk, which means you're burning calories, it's healthy, it just works for the greater good. And so I can see why this new generation of workers is wanting to live downtown. There's a lot to, there's a lot to gain both in terms of experience, health, and just time to for quality of life. Yeah, but if you're giving those things, I mean, we have some great things. However, with, with all cities, there are problems, and especially Indianapolis, that we need to address to keep young professionals downtown. I don't think a city can sustain itself, uh, sustain this level of growth if you grow out of it by the time you're 28 or 30 and move away or mm -hmm. move to the burbs. Uh, then we become much more of what we were because that's not true of other major markets. So I think if Indianapolis is able to kind of grow uh, in an area that says, okay, if we have this urban core, 
And if that urban core is now changing and it's a real focal point, you know, how do we how do we provide all those services? So in our interview, John made reference to education as a major improvement that cities can work on to help be more competitive when it comes to schools that are in the heart of the city versus schools that are, let's say, in a suburban community. And one of those improvements can be, let's leverage this urban development that these young professionals are jumping on and improving with you know, restaurants and improving in retail and other things that they're trying to bring to the city. And let's get the state, let's have the state come alongside and use that momentum to say, hey, how can we make a school district that's in the heart of the city attractive for those top level teachers and bringing in uh, more families that want to stay within city limits instead of saying, hey, let's get out. We want to go to the suburbs and make our community there. So really, these younger professionals are asking a different question instead of where do I get a hot dog at three in the morning? They're saying, what school can I put my kid in that's going to set us up for the most success? Of course, there's more than the choice of primary and secondary schools to improve upon. John says the ease of access to grocery stores, retail shops, and other places to buy your necessities also plays a big factor for keeping families downtown. So, for example, just a grocery store in downtown Indianapolis is really something we've only had significantly for the last five years, right? I mean, that's it's been unusual. We don't have a growing retail. Circle Center Mall has been kind of suffering. So there's still a lot you look at and say, well, there's a lot that needs to get better. And it's probably services and, uh, and, and just, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, can you sustain that core uh, into a more of a diverse demographic market? Improvement is the key here. And as a city, Indianapolis is moving in the right direction. Just this past February... The Indianapolis Journal published an article titled, Visit Indy Reports Sixth Straight Year of Rising Visitor Spending. According to Visit Indy, the economic impact of visitors in 2016 was $5.2 billion. This is up $300 million just three years ago. So we are making downtown fun. Things are moving in the right direction. If we can blend the attractions for guests and retail for permanent residents, we will discover a sustainable urban environment that keeps families from leaving. And finally, the third improvement Indianapolis can make to give Amazon a second home is market to the new employee talent pool that's already coming in. Since there is a rise in people moving to downtown environments, and of course, this is according to the U.S. Census, why not get behind that momentum as a city and market to that demographic, making downtown feel more attractive to the younger generation? I think we used to be uh, a, a much less uh, dynamic place to live. Uh, so whether it's the continued expansion of the sports franchises, but the liveliness of downtown, the fact that it's a more livable urban environment, I think has now made us competitive for younger talent. And I think bringing younger talent into a market changes the city. Uh, and it all of a sudden attracts users like the Amazon interest in Indianapolis would be based upon being able to attract that employment base. And it's the younger generation that brings life to a city because in the prime of their life, they are more inclined to stay out until midnight at the restaurants or take the risk of starting a trendy boutique in a re-emerging part of the city. It is also this generation that will take over as executives and managers, which in turn will change how business is even done in the long run. Attracting this young talent to the city gives major companies like Amazon 
a pool of talent from which to draw for their positions and build their company. And Indianapolis has a big advantage because we are so close to two nationally recognized universities, both of whom have a presence right here downtown on the IUPUI campus. And this campus, along with the other institutions of higher education here in the region, can produce the brightest minds in the country, but they can stay here and work for companies like Amazon. At the end of the day, talent is the most important part of this equation, to be honest. So let's recap. Amazon is on the hunt for a second headquarter location and Indianapolis is on their list. Each city offers great amenities. However, at the end of the day, only one can house the multi-billion dollar e-commerce giant. If India is gonna be that city, there are three improvements we must make. First, we need to increase the number of rental spaces available downtown. The demand for urban rental property is rising. People wanna work and have social activities in close proximity without the commute. Second, we need to continue making improvements to lifestyle services available to downtown residents from education to retail in order to keep families from making an exodus to the suburbs. Finally, and most importantly, we need to continue to leverage the demand for downtown living. Create marketing campaigns that draw the brightest minds to the Circle City, ultimately giving Amazon the best pool of talent to grow their organizations. As always, thank you, Phil, and thanks for listening to the ROI podcast presented by the IU Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella. We'll see you next time.